podcast with Dan and Scott. Hottest golf podcast, whether you like it or not. Fresh from back in the day when that's a put at the park. 7 a.m. PM special where they played after dark. From the birds to the focus to the losses and the win. Welcome podcast, patron to the show, lead the pen. Get busy golfing or get busy dying. Hottest golf podcast and the swing ain't lying. Hey, podcast patrons, it's Dan. Sorry to interrupt this episode, but just wanted to make you aware that we are now being sponsored by Canmore Sports. You've seen it in our Instagram stories, you've seen it in our posts and our reels, and you've heard it right here on Leave the Pin Podcast. Canmore Sports does golf GPS to perfection, whether it be the watches, the handheld devices, anything you need, they've got. Know your exact distances. Increase your greens and regulations, decrease your putts, and look like a damn better golfer out there doing it. Go to our Instagram page, at LeaveThePin, and check out the link to save 15% off all Canmore Sports products. While you're at it, leave us a rating and a comment on iTunes. Help us grow so we can serve you, the people. Now back to our episode. Welcome back, podcast patrons, to another episode of Leave the Pin Podcast. A little bit of a different episode today. We are starting our My Course series. Many of you may have seen we put it up on Instagram, and we just want to hear from listeners, followers, people across the country, across the world, if you will, uh, what their favorite course is, why. Maybe it's their hometown course. Maybe it's a course they've traveled to. But someone has a little bit more in-depth knowledge of the course than myself. I think it would be a real cool way to get information out to people. And to show you how much golf is out there and how different the golf is across the country. So today my guest is Austin Atkins. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at co- Austin. What is it? College Street Glass? College Street Glass. Yeah, yep. man, Dan, I am stoked to be here. Thanks for having me on the pod. Of course. Of course. Um, and so Austin reached out and told me about Wild Horse golf club in Gothenburg, Nebraska. Um, so Austin, I got to ask you first off, let's kind of set the stage for people. What's your golfing background like? Well, I was fortunate enough that my dad put a club in my hands pretty early. So I had the golf swing down. Um, didn't play like a ton of competitive golf. It was pretty leisure. Um, and then I played sports and stuff through high school, never played high school golf or anything, was a big musician. So really what got me back into golf in the recent resurgence was um, getting together with my wife, her family golfs, and her dad and her uncle were just waxing me on the golf course. And I'm talking, <laughs> they, were, they were hitting it about 190, 200 yards off the tee and absolutely waxing me. And so... I couldn't, I couldn't have that much longer and, and got hooked pretty quick just because of my competitiveness. And, uh, that's it. I've been, uh, just a golf nut for about six years, maybe a little longer. And, uh, so now I'm at a local club here in Springfield, Mo, and, um, about a six handicap and yeah, just a, just a golf nut. Like uh, a lot of the listeners are, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I resonate with that so much. I feel like so many people get the golf bug and then their competitive juices either are stoked by playing golf or they've never left and they just become in a very healthy way addicted to it. Yeah. Yeah. Addiction's a good word. Um, so, I mean, so you're a six handicap, so you're a stick. I mean, you could play anywhere in the world. Um, you know, I see you on Instagram, some of your guitar playing. What's your guitar handicap? 
Now, the guitar handicap, I always tell people when I'm playing with them, I said, you think I'm decent at golf, you should see me play guitar. I don't want to toot my own horn, but I've been playing guitar very seriously for close to 20 years now, and I've done it all, man. I started with, like, punk rock and metal and stuff like that. And I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I've slowly transitioned through my... Um, through my years into like blues and jazz and soul and R&B. And so that's kind of what I'm into now. But um, yeah, I'm, I, I can uh, I can take the guitar for a walk. That's for sure. So, I mean, this deviates obviously from the episode a little bit, but I'm an enormous music fan. Uh, I sang in a very short-lived band in high school and college, a punk hardcore band. Um, nice. But who, who, are some, who are some of your, who are some of your favorites? guitarists out there now or i mean it have to be now obviously it can be you know people from the past as well uh, i mean just to name a few you know I, lo I love stevie ray he's you know he's a guitar god sure classic um, yeah i mean you can't go wrong there he's probably in my opinion the best to ever play and then his brother jimmy is an amazing player a lot different um i really love robert cray uh robin ford um, just a lot of the electric blues players. So, very cool, very cool. All right, so let's let's talk about Wild Horse. Um, when you had mentioned it first to me, it just for whatever reason it didn't click. And then I did a little research, so I don't sound like an idiot on the pod like I do most of the time. And I looked it up, and I was like, okay, I remember this one. You know, won all sorts of accolades and awards. Best new course in Nebraska. Best new course in the you know Midwest. Um, this place is insane, dude, but yeah, I looked, I put on the Google map, right? Because it's hilarious. It sits in this valley between like North Platte, Nebraska and Lincoln, um, yep. in the middle of I-80 out there. And it's just, is it really just cornfields and farms as far as you can see? It is I mean, there is nothing. If you get off that highway, there is nothing out there. It is, it is wild. It's like a barren wasteland. And yeah, it's just all farming and really small town communities. Um, and really, until you get to the actual golf course, you're not really in the sand hills because the Wild Horse Golf Club sits kind of on the edge of where the sand hills actually start. Um, so you're kind of confused as to like, am I in the sand hills yet? I mean, everything is so flat. You can see for miles. And yeah, then once you get to the club, you start to see some of the sand and the big uh, dunes, if you will, out there. So yeah, it was weird um, traveling in there. Just nothing. So it's crazy to me because I-80 runs through my backyard. Uh, you know, I, I take I-80 I I to work in the morning huh. so okay. to think that yeah to think that i could take it from i mean literally 10 minutes from my house out to there um is just insane now i want to touch on something real quick you mentioned the sand hills of nebraska you know i heard of them i know that they reach all the way up north to sand valley which i'm mm -hmm. pretty sure is north of of sand hills i mean of wild horse excuse me um yeah and i i do mean sand hills not sand valley which is in wisconsin um have you been to the Pinehurst region? Have you been to the Sand Hill region? Like, are are they very similar, or are they just, you know, like I I imagine big expansive dunes out in Nebraska. So, <clears throat> you know, I'm from the Ozarks, so I experience a lot of pretty soft and elevated stuff. Um, right. 
just a lot of precipitation, a lot of soft. I've never been out to Pinehurst. I've never been to like a sandy soil golf course. So this was my first time stepping onto, uh, I guess, a Lynx style uh, turf. Um, and it was like stepping on to like the surface of the moon. I mean, it was crazy. <laughs> I was I was taking my lob wedge out and like trying to take divots and couldn't. I was just bouncing off the ground and I'd never experienced that before. So it was wild. Okay, so it does sound very much like, you know, the Pinehurst region uh, would be. I You know, one thing I should have looked up and I didn't, I wonder what the, you don't happen to know what the elevation in Nebraska is around there, do you? That's probably something someone can look up. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's not that big of a deal. I do not know. So with it being such different turf conditions out there, um, and I, you know, I looked at the course map online. I've looked at the layout online. It looks insane. It looks completely wide open. So I got a few questions about the playability out there. First off, how is the range? The range is super basic. I mean, there there is a range, and it's not very long or big, um, which I don't think you know they really need that big of a range um it's 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 all about the course out there so nothing special there but it, it does exist so there's that okay is it I, i'm assuming it's grass so you can kind of get a feel of those conditions oh, yeah yep. okay oh yeah yeah it's a grass range so how long did it take you to kind of get the feel of the turf out there compared to what you're used to at home um I mean, I guess it didn't take too long. We went there pretty early, and we, we we actually went in October, so it was like at the very end of their golf season out there. Um, so it was cold that morning. You know, I was we had just woke up, went straight to the course. We still, you know, we had all our layers on our thermals, um, so it was kind of a tough warm up. But you know, like I said, I took my lob wedge out immediately and was just trying to hit chips off of this off of this turf I had never um, experienced before, and after you know 10 20 shots i was you know clipping the wedges nicely and it didn't take too long but it's just it is a lot different than what i'm used to that's for sure did you get a lot of wind out there you know i don't i don't know what the wind is i'm i'm assuming like most places mm. it shifts in the winter time um nebraska so, you know to to me nebraska is like it's another world you, you know yeah, it's <laughs> like flat, i've driven it's yeah it's flat and windy, um, extremely windy. And that's all I really knew about it was that it was a Lynx course and in Nebraska, the wind really blows. So <clears throat> originally we had planned to just play 36 holes there on day one and then go check out something else. Um, day one, we had no wind at all. It was like an anomaly. The the golf course uh, employees were like, yeah, this is a pretty un like not normal um so we played 36 that day under anywhere between zero to five mile an hour winds which was just crazy and then day two comes around we were thinking about going to another course and the wind was up to like 30 to 40 miles an hour on day two so we were like we cannot you know we can't go somewhere else we have to go back to wild horse play another 36 and experience this course kind of the way it's meant to be played you know with the wind absolutely howling so we got sure. the best of both worlds there as far as the wind. Okay, now you say we. So was this a buddy's trip out there? Was this a family trip? Uh, so me and my drummer, actually, just uh, the two of us went up there and, and uh, yeah, just had a, had a time. Played a couple of matches, four matches, I guess. 
Sick. And so did you stay on site or did you stay in lodging like in town? How's that work out there at the course? Because it's in the middle of nowhere. It is in the middle of nowhere. And, the you know, Gothenburg's in the middle of nowhere. But then the golf course is 10 minutes from Gothenburg. And so it's literally out and you know, it's just surrounded by corn. Um, so there is lodging at the golf facility, but we stayed at a little Airbnb in Gothenburg, really nice little quiet neighborhood. Um, and yeah, the Airbnb was great. I mean, it's really affordable. That's, that's the best part about this place. I would say is how affordable it is. On a, I'll skip ahead. And I don't know if you look this up, you know, in some of the questions I sent you, but a yearly membership to this course, which Literally, you know, I, I think for most people, if they played it, they'd probably put it right away into the top 10 courses they've, they've ever played. Like, that's how amazing it looks. But yeah. a, single, a single membership is $525 and then $28 <laughs> of sales tax for a total of $553 for the year. It's a joke, man. It is a joke. I paid twice that at the course I'm at, and it is nowhere near the golf course uh, that wild horse is now i understand like no one lives out there but to me being a diehard golfer i look at a place like this and i go like i think i could play wild horse for the rest of my life especially with all the wind that you mentioned and no mm -hmm. two days kind of being the same yeah. and this seems like quite possibly the greatest steal in all of golf currently I would say it's up there. I mean, it's a uh, it's a really good, uh, really good price point for what you're getting out there. And and you know the way they built it with a lot of local help, you know, and and very minimal. Uh, you know, they didn't bring big excavators out there. It's pretty. You know, what you see is what you get. They just laid some grass down and planted some greens. And I mean, a lot of local help, like I said. So it they built it cheap and they maintain it pretty cheap and i mean you know they pass that off onto uh onto their onto the people that live there locally um they have it the best you know they a lot of the people that live there don't realize like what they actually have in their backyard sure they just figure like oh man this is our course yeah this is just what we yeah. play but yeah. they haven't had the experience of seeing you know like what most local munis are in, in most mm -hmm. people's minds yeah yeah, I'm looking here. Family membership, husband, wife, and children who are still in school or college, six hundred and sixty-four bucks. College student, two twenty-one. High school student, a hundred and ten bucks for the year. <laughs> it's a joke, dude. It it's is so like I seriously, I I'm, it. I'm laughing here, but I'm also very upset that I don't live closer <laughs> to this thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that Absolutely price, I'm considering maybe I should maybe I should make two trips up a year and that pay for my membership, you know. Yeah. Um. All right. So let me let me ask you. In October, um, I'm assuming that's their off season or maybe shoulder season ish. Yeah. What did What did you end up paying per round? What What was it costing at that time of year? I honestly don't remember. I believe it was around forty, fifty bucks to walk, and that was on the weekend. Oh, so, so still super reasonable. Yeah, yeah. And I would say this is probably the best course for walking that I've ever played. I mean, the routing from green to tee is just so dialed. I mean, you are just in the they make it so convenient for walking. It's not as convenient if you're taking a car, but for walking, they make all these little dirt paths that kind of shortcuts you to the next tee and 
if you're big into walking, this is the club. I absolutely love that. I mean, there's, there's, I like for me, there's nothing better. I, I don't really like taking carts unless I'm forced to. I'd rather experience yeah. the the course walking and like for you know for me a push cart where I can just like push it and let it go, and and this course does look like it fits that mold. It does perfectly. Um, so you played two days there, four rounds. I think that probably yeah. puts you on par of being a real good authority at this place. What did you get as far as like the general overall vibe? I'm assuming it wasn't stuffy. I'm assuming it's kind of laid back, but what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, I mean, you know, from the moment we walked in the pro shop, everyone's super nice. Any of the locals we met out on the course probably put them up as in in some of the nicest people I've ever met. I mean, the employees were great. The locals were great. It's a really modest setup. I mean, the clubhouse isn't like big and flashy. Um, their practice facilities aren't big and flashy. I mean, it's just really laid back, super chill, very welcoming. Um, I'm sure they love to see out of towners come in and experience their golf course. Cause they know at least the employees, they know that what they have is like extremely special. So, right. Right. So you're in Southern Missouri. What's that? What's that take you to get up there time wise? It was pretty close to 10 hours driving. All right, and did you do any stops along the way for golf, or was that all the golf in the trip there at Wild Horse? We didn't stop on the way up. We just wanted to get there. We got there right at sunset, so, you know, we ate and, and went to sleep pretty early and experienced the course. But then on the way back, we actually went through, kind of took a detour through Wichita, Kansas, and stopped and played some golf in there and uh, stayed the night. So Very that was cool. the only other golf we played on the trip. Uh What's like the, I, you know, I know they have lodging and it looks very Spartan. I mean, it looks very comfortable. Um, yeah. But obviously, if you go to a place like this, you go to a place like Bandon, Stream Song, you're really going for the golf and the golf only. So you only need those rooms to sleep in. But what was the food there like on site? Did you eat at the course at all? I think I probably had a pork missile uh, at one point, but that was all I eight um they do have a bunch of beers on tap which was kind of right up my alley so i enjoyed some enjoyed some beverages but i don't think they have like a big flashy grill either they do definitely have a grill and they make some food but it's nothing like you know real crazy yeah the golf course is is the star of the show absolutely 100 percent and so in October, like, you know, give me give me a feel of it out there. Was it was it busy? I mean, did you did you have a set tea time? Like how how did how did that all work? How how did the trip planning work? Do they offer packages? So I just kind of I don't know. I, I honestly I made kind of a mistake picking October to go out there because you can't book your tea time till a week out. But of course I booked my Airbnb three, four, five months in advance. And Leading up to the trip, of course, I was checking weather in Gothenburg, and it was freezing and snowing for like two <laughs> weeks leading up to this trip. I was like, what are we going to do? This place potentially is closed, you know, because of freezing temperatures. And then a week out, and the forecast absolutely just brightens up for us. It was like 50, 60, and sunny. Both days we were there. I don't, I mean, just an absolute gift from the golf gods for us because it, the weather was crap 
the entire month leading up to this trip. And then all of a sudden, the end of October, it brightened up for us and we got to experience some of the best stuff out there. So um, there was not a lot of people out there. We were some of the only people. I mean, of course, there was a bunch of locals out there because end of the golf season, they've tried to get their golf in before they shut it down. I believe they shut it down in the first week of November. So right after we left, they shut the course down for the year. Okay, yeah, I see that it's closed now. They've got a um, like a banner on their website. It says, attention, wild horses closed for the season. Uh, we yeah. look forward to seeing everyone in March of 2023. So, you know, honestly, that's it's very much like my season here in Northeast PA. You know, the the my little nine-hole privately owned Muni, whatever you want to call it, um, goat track, you know, they stay open with an honor box. But all the real courses close by Thanksgiving and then open up, hopefully, if snow's gone by by March. So they kind of have the same season that I do. Yeah, I mean, they're for me, it seems like they're pretty far north. So I they definitely experience winter a lot differently than we do down here in south uh, southwest Mo. Southeast yeah, Mo, for sure. Um, now you guys can play. Yeah, actually, actually, if, if you look uh, like uh, which one call it latitudinally they're the same i mean they're almost on par with us like i said it is straight out 80 so that doesn't deviate yeah. much from the middle of the country um out of curiosity missouri you, you're playing year-round for the most part i mean yeah. january february can be tough but i mean i don't remember um in the last six years i don't remember a month you know january february where i didn't at least play once so yeah, it's it's year round, especially for the for the sickos. Nice. Um, now, are you a guy when you go to courses? Do you like to pick up some sort of merchandise from places that you go to? Um, it's not it's not uh, necessary for me. I mean, I I do like uh, you know if something grabs my eye, I'll I'll pick it up. But it's I did leave with a hoodie, but that was it. You know, I, it was nothing. I didn't have to have anything. Okay. How how was there? pro shop and like the merch they have there um if at in, in october it was pretty slim pickings i'm okay. just assuming very end of the year probably ordering new stuff i don't i'm just assuming that's a total assumption um but it was pretty slim pickings when we were there um i imagine that's different during their peak season did did you get to talk with anyone that worked there about how like maybe the middle of the summer compared to you know what you were seeing out on the course in terms of people in October? Um, not in terms of people, but I heard a lot, you know, just about how the course plays. You know, they they describe the greens as concrete in peak season. Okay, um, where you know balls are just bouncing, you know, a foot off the ground after hitting the green. Um. That's that's the only thing is, you know, as far as peak season that I that I heard uh, the differences on. All right. Before we get into the course itself, are there any extra amenities the club has? I, you know, I know they have the lodging, so they have a range and then obviously the 18 holes. Is there anything else for people staying on site? There, the putting green is pretty sweet. It's like a 360 putting green in the middle is like uh bunch of native grass prairie grass um so the putting green is pretty spectacular other than that you know the lodging is is good i mean i, I guess it's cool you get to stay on site you're so far out of Gothenburg that 
it doesn't really make sense to stay there unless you want to cook your own meals and stuff. Um, uh, yeah, you're, you're pretty far removed from civilization out at wild horse. <laughs> okay. And, and what's, you guys said you were, you were in Gothenburg. Um, uh-huh. I mean, I, I'm assuming it's a, it's a small town. I mean, they, this might sound like a idiotic question, but do they have like restaurants and a food store out there? They do. Yeah, no, uh, Gothenburg is pretty cool. Um, they got a couple of restaurants. Um, I'm seeing here the population out there is like close to 600,000 people. Oh, serious. Um, yeah. So holy cow. It's a good sized town. I mean, yeah, considering that's you're a, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, hell where I'm from here, I'd consider that a city. <laughs> Whoa, wait a second. That might be Sweden. Let me go to Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> because I do know it was it Gothenburg, Sweden. Here we go. Thirty five hundred people in Gothenburg, Nebraska. Hey, I was all aboard, dude. Uh, hey, I was I was all in on it, man. <laughs> Pretty far off on that one. All right. So oh so I okay, thirty five hundred. That's kind of small, but honestly, that's like the size of the town that I live in. So, you know. I kind of get get the idea, get the vibe. You know, we've got, I mean, you know, I've got like two food stores. Although, here's here's something crazy. I don't know if I've ever, ever mentioned on the pod, the Shoprite. You you guys have Shoprite in Missouri? We don't. Okay, so Shoprite is is a big uh, food store. It's like Publix or Lowe's or Kroger. What do you, is that Kroger land out out by you? No, we don't have any of that stuff. We got Hy-Vee. Okay. All right, so we have ShopRite, and we have in our town, it is, by square footage, the world's largest ShopRite. <laughs> right <That's on. laughs> claim to fame, I guess. So so it would be like, you know, the world's largest high V, if you will. Um, all right, so I kind of get an idea of this size. So a few restaurants, uh, food store, gas stations, stuff like that, convenience stores. Yep, one or two restaurants, one or two gas stations. Pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty small town vibe. All right, so the course itself now. What what teas did you guys decide to play from, and did you mix that up during the trip at all? Oh yeah, we mixed it up. We got out there and played. So they, I guess they have a forward, a middle, and a back tee, and then they do like this hybrid situation on the scorecard where you're playing some of the middle tees you're playing some of the forward tees so i think we played the hybrid tees um which like i said is is mostly middle and some of the forward tees which for the first round was perfect because you know we're not having to hit driver and lose our golf balls you know we're hitting irons off the tee and and it was quite an enjoyable enjoyable first round out there um playing some from some of the forward tees and getting this kind of uh get to know some of the golf holes out there yeah okay so i I see that now on their scorecard stuff that's neat i like that like that's uh you know that's a that's a cool little combo that that most places have um i see it stretches to over seven thousand um it goes as short as what am i looking at 58 oh no 53 excuse me so there's a a nice difference there for levels of play how did uh how did the course play? Did it play firm and fast being a Sand Hills region course? 
yeah, I mean, balls just rolling everywhere. You know, once it gets on the ground, uh, that's like the most exciting part, right, of uh, Lynx golf. So it, it definitely played true to Lynx style, um, you know, get the ball on the ground and watch it run. Um, and the greens, of course, were no different. They were rock hard firm, um, quite different from Missouri. So I was so stoked when I got out there to, to play golf like that because I had never done it. Now, you, you mentioned on that second day, a lot of wind, truly difficult conditions. I've played a yeah. lot of courses that are in very windy areas that are not set up for the wind. Do you feel like the course played fair in the wind? Are, are, are the fairways wide enough? Are there, you know, is there areas off the fairways to miss when the wind gets crazy? Absolutely, man. I'm telling you, this this course is so playable and that's why i think these people locally love it so much you know these old guys that have a bag full of fairway woods and hybrids they can just play it on the ground from tee to green and there's really not a whole lot of trouble yeah there's fairway bunkers and there's some trouble of course but for the most part it is really wide really forgiving off the tee um extremely playable there's not like a ton of big undulations i mean there's a lot of cool land movement, but it's nothing like insane. It's it's very walkable, very playable. Um, yeah, I mean, gosh, I'm just gushing thinking about this place again. <laughs> I wanna, I gotta um, retract the statement. I said 53 was the shortest it plays. It actually plays 46.88. That's the shortest from these green tees, which I'm assuming look like maybe some sort of some sort of junior tee or something like that. Yeah, I don't know what that is. The green tee, I guess that would be a junior tee. Yeah, maybe they're just like markers in the fairway or something that you move it up to. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at the course, man, uh, honestly, it's a place I think I hands down would make a trip to. It's, I think it's so different from what people on the coasts play. You know, like people in the in the on the East Coast, they don't they don't have this. Maybe maybe people on the West Coast like. You know, the Northwest and Bandon Dunes, they get something like this. But I think even people from oh, the yeah. middle of the country get something completely different because of the topography that's out there with these with these sandhills, which is just uh, it's awesome. Yeah, the sand, the sand changes the game. You know, the turf is just so much different. I've, I've never played golf on fescue grass, grass and this is all fescue. So it was just just delightful. So now, first time through that first day, regardless if it was nice or if it you know, was windy, whatever, on the first time through without even seeing the course before, you think the course is fair? Absolutely. I mean, it helped that I was absolutely striping it my first round. Um, I shot 39 on my first nine holes, uh, which Sick. is great for me. So. I was grinning from ear to ear, um, and and but of course, like I said, I was striping it. Now my my playing partner, he had his struggles on our first time around, um, but that was mostly due to him not being able to get out of bunkers. So it's yeah, it's very fair, very playable. Did you guys feel like the more that you played it, the more you learned it, and the better you played as the trip progressed? I wouldn't say I played any better, but I definitely um, started to understand some of the strategy. It can be very strategic uh, for the for the better players. Once you kind of realize what's going on and what the architect's trying to 
some of the questions he's trying to ask. Um, it's it's uh, it's the type of course you could play forever and probably not figure out you know the perfect way to play it. And there is really no one way to play it, obviously. But um, yeah, it, almost the more you play it, the more perplexed you get. You know. Yeah. So, so sometimes ignorance is bliss the first time through. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's why I think I played so well because I didn't. You don't know the trouble, so you can just hit it anywhere. So anytime I go to a new course, like one of my you know determining factors, I, I try not to base it on if I play well, but you know, like I'm human, right? So if I play well at a place, the place might suck, but I'm like, oh, I love that course. You know, I shot 77, I love it, or I shot 86, like I hate that place. It sucks. Um, after playing it. Thinking back, you know, being home for a while from that trip, could you go back and and play the holes in your head? You know, could you rewind them in your mind? Absolutely. Are they, are, yeah, so they're that distinctive? Yeah, but I'm also, I've got to, kind of got that memory too. I, I, there's not a whole lot of golf holes that I can't recall, which is gotcha. not true, not true for everybody, but definitely true for me. I've got a pretty good brain when it comes to uh, like visual uh, imagery. Any uh, any holes that really stood out to you, you know, that you were just like, man, like this hole here is just it. I love it. Honestly, there was four that I could probably point to that were like pretty stunning. And I guess what makes them cool for me is just the strategy of them. And I thought, you know, when I was there, I kind of had it figured out, you know. Well, I'll just hit iron off of this short par four, but it's like, let's see here. Like, so number 15 is a fairly short par four from the middle tees. It's 300 yards. I hit four iron most of the time I was there and had a short iron in. Um, but the longer I thought about that golf hole and the more I kind of look at it going back, the play is to get it as close to the green and as far left as possible to take out some of the bunkers that surround it it's a really shallow green so you want to be kind of off to the side of it so you're not dealing with bunkers at all um and it's just little stuff like that i mean it's little things that you don't think about while you're out there you just kind of hit it and go um, then when you take a step back it's it's pretty mind-boggling kind of the some of the options that this place gives you and i i love that honestly you know i love a course that seems almost straightforward but then once you start to think about it, like you mentioned, you see what the architect wanted. And, I, you know, I'm looking at that hole right now. And, and actually, if people go to their website, you know, it's just playwildhorse.com. They have a, a great YouTube flyover of all 18 holes. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm the type of person, like, if I'm taking a trip like this, I'd be on this website, you know, probably for a week straight before I leave, trying to look at every hole and get get an idea of how I'm going to play it. You know, like pre set up my strategy yep that was me that was me a week out for sure <laughs> so what uh what what i mean it might not be one obviously but what favorite memories do you have from playing out there it actually is one and you're gonna trip on this uh i didn't want to tell you in the in the pregame show here before we got on the recording but on the second day it's howling wind it's our first round we're walking um, I believe we played the back nine first that day. We get to, we had just finished 15, that hole I was just talking about. We were standing mm -hmm. on 16T. 
We were standing on 16T and three golf carts roll up. In the golf cart is Josh Mayhar, the course superintendent, um, Dan Proctor, the golf course architect, and then the other golf cart had some guy with a big fancy camera, probably some, you know, golf media, um, taking cool shots and getting a, a tour from the course architect and from the course superintendent. So they roll up, all three of these people, and once I realized that I'm talking to Josh Mayhar, the co- uh, superintendent, and Dan Proctor, the golf course architect, and I I kind of knew who Dan Proctor was and kind sure. of his, I mean, he's a big, big time architect in the, he's a big in the deal. golf landscape. <laughs> kind of a big deal. So I am just crapping myself. Like, this is unbelievable. Dan's got his dog with him. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and then we're kind of just shooting this shit. I and mean, we've got a local guy in our, in our group with us. It's just me and my drummer and this local guy kind of shooting the shit. Um, they kind of start conversation amongst themselves. And I tee up my ball and absolutely send this five wood and and uh, just a mile and <laughs> everyone sitting in everyone sitting in the golf cart is just like wow you uh <laughs> you must be good under pressure <laughs> something silly like that but it was that moment right there i mean i i don't think i hit another good golf shot the rest of that round just because i just <laughs> i was smiling i just had this shit-eating grin on my face i was so stoked that we had that experience and just got to just meet those people. Um, it was it was super super cool, and nothing else that I experienced out there came close to that. I mean, that's sick. And you don't even need to hit another good one because in their mind, you know, like <laughs> they might go on a podcast and be like, "Yeah, we're out there shooting promotional video stuff." And this dude steps up with a five wood and just cracks one a mile. I've never seen a shot like that before. Like, I wish we had it for our website. <laughs> It was sweet. Yeah, I will say I, I outdrove the two boys I was playing with, and they both hit drivers, so that was fun. Nice, nice. All right, so to kind of kind of wrap that up about Wild Horse, um, if someone came to you and they said, Austin, I'm thinking about going out here, you know, should I, shouldn't I? Obviously, the answer is you should. Um, yeah. But what kind of key points do you think separate this course from others that make it a worthwhile trip for people i mean it's obviously a world-class golf course that in itself is reason to go but to me the just the price point like how affordable it is not only to stay in gothenburg um but to play the golf course like we've like you know we played four rounds for under two hundred dollars um yeah that's crazy. which you just can't find from a golf course that is consistently going to be on you know some of the top course lists in the country that's just that is just you're not going to find that anywhere else you know that kind of deal super cool well austin look i can't thank you enough man you're the the first episode of of my course you know which is this little sub series of leave the pin that we're doing um people follow him on college street glass and and dude honestly like you do great work too in your professional career. Cause I see some of the, you know, the work that you do and put out there. I'm like, damn, you know, like I wish I had a guy like that that lived near me. That was so down to earth, played golf, trustworthy, cool. And, and does just some, uh, some amazing work out there. 
Yeah, yeah. I post a lot of my custom shower glass stuff on Instagram. I'm sure that's what you're talking about. There. Yep. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, some they can, of them are, they can, are yeah, sick. Yeah, that stuff's pretty cool. Yeah. And, uh, and hey, if you're into music and into, you know, guitar playing, check out some of his reels that he's got uh, on Instagram. That's at College Street Glass. Austin, cannot thank you enough, my man. Hey, Dan, absolute pleasure. I'm, I was screaming when you reached out, so <laughs> I really appreciate you having me on. And, uh, yeah, man, been a fan a long time, so thanks again. Awesome. Appreciate it. All right, people, so either get busy golfing or get busy dying.